0: Hi everybody, this is a tired, satisfied, and fulfilled Coach Aaron Saft. I am finished with the Grand Slam, I am happy to report. <laughs> um, and we're going to talk today about Wasatch 100, because it uh, took every bit of what I got <laughs> to get across that finish line. Um, So we're going to dive right into it. Um, I was traveling uh, to Italy for my brother's wedding, and um, I didn't get back until Labor Day Monday. And uh, we got in that evening, my wife and I, and I basically just had to make sure my bags were packed because I left the next morning for, for Utah. Um, so I didn't even have 12 hours at home. <laughs> I really just uh, turned around and, and flew back out. So... Um, I didn't have time to know what jet lag felt like. <laughs> um, so I was, I was pretty exhausted, uh, upon arriving in, uh, Salt Lake city, but, um, got to Salt Lake on, uh, on Tuesday and did a, a few bits of running around, went over to REI and picked up some supplies that we would need. Um, some things that, I, I just, I couldn't check in, um, camp chair, um, picked up kind of a little, um, table that the crew could use to cook on and such a cooler, um, picked up some, uh, Yeti ice blocks, uh, and some, some nutritional things, uh, that I thought I could use during the race. So, um, <clears throat> you know, grab the stuff there and then I hit a grocery store. Um, by that time it was kind of late afternoon and I could go check into the, uh, VRBO house we were staying at um, in Kaysville, which is where the start of the race is, So drove there, dropped everything off, kind of got a little bit settled in. And then, uh, Nathan got in a little bit early and I'm going to have Nathan on the podcast. We're going to kind of go through, um, probably have an episode with, um, with Nathan. And then, um, I'll combine that with uh, my coach, Patrick Reagan, and kind of go through the grand slam and kind of our thoughts, um, as well as talk with Thomas, and his thoughts on the Grand Slam and his experience at Wasatch. So a few more episodes to kind of wrap this kind of chapter of, of um, running his life podcast up. (laughs) Um, But, um, but yeah, Nathan uh, got in and uh, we grabbed some dinner and uh, you know, we were both pretty zonked. So got some sleep Um, Wednesday. We woke up and, uh, and went up to, uh, to a trailhead, got a nice little run in, um, and then got back to the house. Um, so, uh, we, we prepared drop bags and kind of got geared together, uh, cause Thursday was packet pickup and we had to, you know, drop off all the drop bags. So, um, got everything ready. Um, and then our, our, uh, our other crew member and pacer, Caleb Gandert, got in, uh, Wednesday evening, um, And uh, got over to the house, and we were just kind of watching TV and hanging out um, and uh, just relaxing. So it was was kind of a nice day, not too stressful. Uh, Thursday, we went up uh, to where the first water station is. Uh, It's about 9, 10 miles into the race. And uh, just did a little run from there just to kind of see it, you know, see what it looked like. And uh, beautiful, gorgeous. Oh, my gosh, the views were just fantastic and um, then we went down had some some breakfast in town and uh, kind of right near where Packet Pickup was um, and uh, um, we um, enjoyed breakfast and then uh, went over to Packet Pickup and Packet Pickup was really laid back. <laughs> uh, walked up you know got my number got the Pacer bibs and, um, my shirt and that was it <laughs> dropped off my drop bags. And, and that was packet pickup. Uh, it wasn't much, um, wasn't much to packet pickup. <laughs> like I said, pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Uh, it was nice. Um, you know, we, uh, we then, uh, just uh, went back to the house. Um, I kind of got some, some crew bags together, things that I thought I might need at the various aid stations. There's only three crew stations Uh, at Wasatch 100, which makes it pretty difficult. Uh, the first one's at, uh, um, about 50 K and then, uh, the next one's about 15 miles later. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, um, then we have a long section about 20 miles, uh, before we hit Brighton and then, um, at Brighton, there's no no more crew access until the finish. So, um, another 50 K without crew access. So, um, you know, had to rely on drop bags a lot, uh, make sure that my crew had everything I needed for when I saw them so that I could totally resupply. Um, so we got all that stuff together, got the car packed, you know, had a good dinner. Um, just had some, some chicken, baked potato and salad, which was nice. Just kind of sat on the stomach. Nice. Uh, race starts is at 5 a.m. on Friday morning. So we, uh, we got up about, uh, uh I think about three, we got up and uh, got ourselves together, uh, made our way over to the start, um, you know, saw some, some folks there, which was great. The, you know, people that we know, it was, you know, awesome seeing some, some fellow North Carolinians <laughs> um, and just, uh, you know, got ready for the start. Uh, I was using my Pace uh, eight liter pack by Usway and uh, um, I had it loaded with a two liter bladder Uh, Since I wouldn't see my crew for for so long. Um, I started with uh, LMNT as my electrolyte. Um, Tried to go with um, some Muir energy gels. um, uh, Just to see if the slow burn would do any better in the heat uh, with my stomach. Since I've been having so many problems with the heat uh, in these races. And then um, I continued to use Vespa. You uh, using Vespa every two hours and then kind of alternating it with like a, a mirror gel or, you know, chews or, or something to that effect. So um, the, uh, the first part of this race is probably one of the, the toughest climbs. It's a 4,000 foot climb right at the beginning. And in about four miles, it's, uh, it's really insane. If you look at the elevation profile, it just goes straight up (laughs) at the beginning. And it was a Congo line. Uh, I was warned about that, you know, make sure you don't get stuck too far back in the Congo line. So that, You know, you're not getting close to cutoffs right off the bat. So, uh, placed myself in a pretty good position, not realizing that the person that was, you know, leading this Congo line was the person that had been recording all the videos that I had been watching on YouTube to learn about the race, which was really cool. So, um, if you're, um, ever looking to do Wasatch, I'll put in the show notes, the, uh, the YouTube video, um, link that you can go to. Um, Scott is his name and he did uh, a great job with these. Um, I think he was trying to go after finish number 10, which after 10 finishes, you get a ring. Um, uh, a lot of people that I met were, you know, on their way trying to get to, uh, to ring you know, ring status, uh, finish number 10, which is incredible. Um, you know, it's after having done it, I, I can't say that I would really want to do that race 10 times. <laughs> um, but you know, obviously I was, uh, in a different circumstance than a lot of these folks. Uh, having done Leadville just three weeks prior um, and gone to Italy in between um, you know my my status was a little bit different than than most people um, i didn 't feel too tired from Leadville um, I was okay, but um, unfortunately on Thursday, I came down with a cold so I was actually sick um, when I started this and um, you could definitely tell uh, my body didn 't have a hundred percent um energy wise uh, which you know obviously is concerning <laughs> uh and it, it played out uh, pretty rough uh, throughout the race um you know, we got through the climb, which I was okay. Uh, you know, I was able to climb and, and stay pretty comfortable. We got up to the Ridge and a gentleman said, you know, this, this next three miles is screaming downhill and people are just going to go too hard, but don't, you know, you're going to be fine. Just go nice and easy. Um, don't blow out your quads. You're going to pass most of these people later on in the race. So, um, you know, I just kind of was taking my time on the descent. Uh, it was just a nice open fire road. Um, going down and man, uh, people were flying by me. I was running at about nine minute pace and people were just flying past me. So um, yeah, just kind of kept cruising. Um, got to that water aid station where we had done our jog prior to the race. Um, I was wearing um, the Ultra Olympus um, just for a little extra cushion and protection. It was pretty rocky. Uh, the trail was pretty, pretty rocky. Uh, for the most part, you know, all the way through, there were some, some sections that were, you know, nice, but, um, but there were, there was a lot of rocks. It wasn't, it wasn't overly technical for the most part, but there were sections that were, you know, really, um, pretty tough, pretty, pretty sketchy. <laughs> um, but, uh, that road was pretty nice. Um, and then we got through the water station and I refilled on water. Uh, the next aid station would be, um, uh, about, um, let's see, that was mile nine. So, uh, we had another, uh, uh, we got to big mountain. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a good ways. So, you know, I wanted to make sure I was, I was good on, on fluids and, um, you know, started running on the road that we had run on and I didn't have my poles out yet. I had my poles with me, but I didn't have them out and I fell, um, tore up my knee pretty good, uh, hit my other knee pretty hard on a rock. Um, got up and somebody checked on me and I said, I'm, I'm okay. Thank you. You know, it was, uh, it was, I was obviously a little bit sore, but I knew I wasn't in any type of danger of, of you know, being extremely hurt, but I was definitely bleeding <laughs> look worse than it was. Let's put it that way. And then, uh, you know, he went by and another guy came and he fell flat on his face too. Um, so I pulled out my poles at that point and I was like, you know, I I just need to be safe. I need to get through this race and just kind of stay upright. Um, and so the, the next section just kind of rolled up and down to that, uh, um, you know, that next aid station. Um, and, uh, it was getting sunny, getting hot, so um pulled out my bucket cap, uh, put on some sunblock at the aid station. They cleaned up my leg a little bit because the blood had to kind of drip down my leg. Um, but... Um that was okay. You know, um, my, uh, my stomach was uh, a little bit sensitive. Uh, I could tell it was a little bit queasy already. Uh, the heat was already coming on and, uh, I was, you know, I was like, Oh man, this is gonna be a really rough race if my stomach goes South already. Um, and so I was, I was trying to be careful, trying to be you know, cognizant of what was at the aid stations that I could eat, uh, as well as, you know, what I could eat in my pack. Um, but yeah, from, from that point on my stomach just turned, uh, unfortunately, um, I couldn't do element tea. I had to dump out the element tea and just go with water, um, from, from there forward. Um, cause the element tea was just not, not going for some reason. It was the only thing I could drink during Western States, uh, which is interesting, you know, in the heat of Western States, element tea was fine, but on that day it wasn't, <laughs> I don't know why, um, but, uh but yeah, I had to switch over to water super early. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I, I just kind of keep moving forward. Um, and, uh, and just hope that I could get some some calories down. Um, but you know, what I was finding was, it wasn't, it wasn't going down, nothing was going down. Um, I, I, my stomach had turned and you know, I'm sick. <laughs> so uh, it was, uh it was definitely a little bit worrisome. I was a little bit You know, I didn't panic, um, just kind of kept making my way forward. All I kept thinking about was at 50 K I'm going to pick up Nathan, um, you know, we we had a third crew member that was supposed to come. Unfortunately, weather kept him um, from making it. Uh, the weather on the East Coast was such that they couldn't get the planes off the ground. So um, our third crew member in pacer wasn't able to make it. So Nathan was going to have to cover two pacing shifts. Um, and then we just have uh, one crew member with the car. So um I just look forward to getting to 50k and seeing Nathan um and and having him with me um you know again it just kept getting hotter from that point on um I was uh, I was definitely sweating you know there was my my pack was getting salty, um, and I was doing everything I could, but my throat was just starting to burn, um, from, you know, being sick. Uh, it just was so sore. Um, I could barely talk. I was, I sounded worse than a frog. (laughs) I sounded worse than I do now. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, I could barely squeak out any words by the time I got to Nathan. I was really just in, you know, I was in rough shape. Um, when I saw those guys at 50 K, um, hadn't eaten much at all. uh, Unfortunately, Um, I still had fine energy. Like I was still able to run. Um, I was, you know, getting down sips of water. Um, and so we got in the aid station and we just took some time there. I sat there and, uh, I had two hot dogs, um, and some food, um, some broth, um, some um, chicken and rice soup. Um, so I, I was able to get some stuff down. It just took me a while to to you know, get it down. I had to take my time. Um, I was able to drink some Coke. I got down an ice pop. So I did get some stuff down at that aid station, which was a big relief to kind of get some food in me. But um, the next section was, uh, they kept saying it's the toughest section because we go up to um, a ridgeline at the heat of the day where it's going to be super hot and exposed. Um, so, you know, we again, we filled up my, uh, my bladder. Um, for some reason, the, uh, the, um, the eight liter pack it was becoming too restrictive on my chest. And I don't know if it was because I just was hot and feeling sick, but I had to keep unbuckling it. Uh, cause I, you know, the heat definitely was escalating my heart rate. So I was doing everything I could to try to bring my heart rate back down. And I find that if I have, um, you know, a sternum strap across my chest and I feel any restriction, my heart rate seems to, to elevate. So I kept it unbuckling it, um, and moving, um, you know, we were having a, a real tough go on the climbs. My heart rate just kept skyrocketing because of the heat. Um, it was a real challenge for me. And at one point I just overheated and got woozy and had to sit down. We found some shade and I kind of leaned up against the tree. Um, at that point we saw Thomas, uh, Thomas came by and checked on us. Um, I was running low on fluids, and we had a little while to the aid station and I was getting kind of concerned. Um, you know, Nathan was pouring some water over my head and trying to get my heart rate down. And you know, Thomas was looking at his bottles and I could tell he didn't have much left. I said, it's okay, buddy, you know, just go ahead. You're, you're doing great. Uh, so I, I, continued to sit there, um, just trying to get that heart rate down. Um, was I was at that point, I was really concerned about my race. Um, you know, I knew I was in really rough shape. I couldn't talk. um, I couldn't um couldn't get my heart rate down um which was just a little bit more than I could deal with at the moment. Um it was it was hard. I was um I got to say I was that's probably the, the roughest part of my race right there. Um uh, sitting there and just, you know, knowing time was going by and I was not dealing with the heat or the race very well um just because of everything that was going on with my body. Um and finally after you know a good I don't know how long we sat there uh, to be honest but after a good while my heart rate finally came down and uh I, I felt good I kept the the sternum strap unbuckled and um we proceeded forward and um you know, I was able to, to move again, uh, without elevating to heart rate. You know, Nathan kept telling me to, to sip on my water. Um, and, you know, just kind of focus on, on the effort, you know, don't go too hard. Uh, cause it was hot. It got really hot. Um, you know, I say really hot. It was in the nineties. Um, and that sun was full exposure. It was just, you know, it was, it was pretty brutal. Um the next aid station um we finally made it and uh they had ice pops as well, which just really hit the spot. Uh was able to get a little bit more food down, um just some um kind of um you know broth or some broth and noodles um and just you know just a few little things that I could I could nibble on and get down, but I was able to get some food down, refill our water. We had about a six mile kind of gradual climb to um to Lambs Canyon, which is uh, where we would meet Caleb uh, for our second crew point, and I would exchange uh, pacers with Nathan and and Caleb. Um, the next section, we uh, latched on to two women. Um, one was going for her eighth finish uh, of the uh, uh, Wasatch 100. Um, saw her late in the race. I believe she got her finish and her pacer, and they were wonderful. They um, they were great. They they were talking and asking questions. Nathan was speaking for me because I could barely speak. Um, it was uh, <laughs> it was embarrassing because <laughs> I could I could barely talk. Oh man, um, but it was nice. It was it was nice to have that conversation, uh, take my mind off of things, and we just climbed at a, at a really nice steady pace. Um, we found ourselves in the shade most of the time, which again was super nice. The temperatures were actually starting to cool down, so things were improving. Um, in that section, um, aside from my throat, feeling like it was on fire, <laughs> aside from that, everything's felt much better, and we continued um to, you know with these these uh, ladies. Uh, we got up to the the ridge line, and uh you know we were running and actually came into the uh the lambs Canyon aid station i was I was running pretty well, I was feeling pretty good um, Caleb wasn 't there, so we were a little bit nervous. Nathan was trying to get a hold of him. And, um, uh, then, you know, he, he arrived not long after that. And, um, we put my puffy on, um, and, uh, and threw a blanket over me. I got into the chair and we just repeated the process of what we've been doing, you know, getting, uh, whatever food we could in me, um, be it hot dogs, be it broth, be it uh chicken and rice soup, whatever it was. We just kept working on, um, you know, getting, get myself whatever I could get in me. Uh, cause the next section. It seemed to repeat. As soon as you got out of an aid station, you had a huge climb and we had a really big climb in front of us. Um, another, you know, three, 4,000 feet of gain and, uh, going into the night so um, out of the aid station, um, going with Caleb, it was a, a road for a mile and a half, two miles, and it, it just kind of climbed to this, this single track trail. And by the time we hit the single track trail, things were starting to improve. It it, it did get dark. Um, we turned on our lamps, and I was able to climb uh, really well, really powerful. I felt the best I had uh, since the race started and we were just passing people and I was, I was feeling great, just moving really well. My stomach still wasn't right. You know, I, I still couldn't eat anything else. Um, you know, we tried some, some gummy Coke bottles, which are, are my favorite, but I, I really just couldn't get things down without kind of gagging. Um, unfortunately. So yeah, sugar still wasn't, wasn't working great aside from like maybe drinking Coke. But, um, so it it was, it was tough. Um, you know, and my throat was still really sore. Um, but starting to improve, my voice was starting to come in back. Um, I was able to drink a little bit more uh, now that I was out of the heat of the day. <laughs> um, and I know I needed it more during the heat of the day, but, um, my stomach started to tolerate things a little bit better, um, over the course of the night and that climb, we, you know, it, it seemed to go on for, for, you know, a good long time, but we made good time of it. You know, we, we got up it pretty quick. Um, and, uh, I got really sleepy, um, before the, uh, the aid station and just told Caleb, I I need to lay down for a little bit. I think everything was taking its toll on me between, uh, the heat, the dehydration, um, you know, being sick. So I laid down for about 15 minutes. Um, there was a good switchback that had this, um, little, cove that we could get off the trail and be out of the way. And I fell asleep for a good 15 minutes and just kind of got some rest. I woke up pretty refreshed and made it to the aid station. Um, you know, repeat the process, getting in whatever we could. Uh, they had a little heater there. So just kind of stayed next to that for a little bit and got some food back in me. Really nice volunteer. That was a 10 time finisher, David. Um, he was wonderful, you know, trying to help me resolve stomach issues. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we did whatever we could there and, and, and then moved on. Um, we had one more aid station, uh, to get to, um, between, um, you know, there and Brighton. And so we are making our way towards that aid station. Uh, we had a little descent and then another climb, um, up to the aid station. Um, we were coming, uh, on this, on this ridgeline. It was kind of a, um, it was, almost a road, (laughs) almost a dirt road. Uh, but I, I started falling asleep again and I fell into a pothole and almost hurt myself. So I said, Nathan, uh, sorry, it was Caleb. Um, Caleb, I, I really, I got to lay down again. Um, I'm going to be a danger to myself and I don't want to be a danger to you. So, um, I, you know, I, I laid down for a bit. Um, we found a good spot and, um, got about, you know, 10 to 12 minutes of sleep in. Uh, woke up again, feeling pretty refreshed, and um, and then uh, we could kind of see the lights of where we guessed Brighton would be. So um, and uh, it was kind of uh, you know a, a nice grade that I could start to run again, and then it started to go downhill. So I was able to run into to Brighton. Um, and and get into Brighton. Brighton is a a little ski lodge. The aid station's inside. It's nice and warm. Um, they had some good food, so um, sat down there. Nathan was there, um, and that's where I would pick up Nathan for uh, from there to the finish, roughly fifty k to go. Um, you know, and nothing was guaranteed at this point, uh, which still was. A little unnerving, um, you know, with the goal of of obviously finishing so I could finish the Grand Slam. Um, But, you know, things were looking good. But, um, you know, out of Brighton is a huge climb to the highest point on the course. Once again, here at Repeat, (laughs) you know, go out of an A station and hit a climb. But um, we took our time there. At, uh, at Brighton. I fell asleep <laughs> in my chair, uh, got a little rest, but I also got some, you know, again, some good food in me. Um, we switched over to my um, 15 liter pack, uh, which, um, which held everything so much better, um, so much more comfortable. I could buckle it without having any problems. Um, so the 15 liter pace uh, was just spot on. It, it's probably what I needed the entire time um, racing, you know, uh, so uh, that, that 15 liter pack made the difference. Um, but I, I, I went out, you know, the, the nighttime was, was cold with Caleb. I had been, you know, kind of t- putting on and off my, uh, my puffy, uh, just to stay warm, but it was really hard. My body couldn't regulate its temperature. I, I think I had a fever, um, you know, after the, the day. Um, so my body was, you know, cold and hot and hot and cold. It was just really hard to regulate my temperature. I had a number of layers with me. So I kept switching between layers, which was tough. Um, you know, while you're racing, just kind of try to regulate your, your body temperature. Um, and, uh, you know, when we got into Brighton, I said, all right, this is what I want to go forward with. And I, I gave them my puffy and pulled out my, uh, Solomon Bonatti, um, race jacket. And I had a, a wool base layer. I said, you know, this, this should be good. Um, and we loaded up my pack and, and sent me off, you know, with Nathan to finish this off. And as soon as I got outside, I started shivering and I was like, Oh no, I made the wrong choice. But, um, as we began climbing, it only took a few minutes before I got comfortable. And, I, you know, I, I knew I was, I was in the right, you know, um, amount of clothes. So we, we climbed up from Brighton. Uh, the trail was, um, uh, you know, basically a ski slope and then it turned into a single track, which was super rocky and, um, some, some creek crossings and such, but, um, but yeah, um, you know, I, it, we kept going up, you know, we, we knew what we had to do. Um, Nathan kept reassuring me, we got this, we're going to do this, we're going to finish this. And, um, you know, I, I, I believed him. I was with him. I was like, yeah, we, you know, we, this is what we got to do. If anything's going to pull me off this course, it's going to be time. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to stop and, and, um, <laughs> and, uh, and quit. So, we kept moving. And, uh, as we got towards the top, the, uh, daybreak was, was starting and, and, oh man, the sun came up and it was just a gorgeous picture. What a gorgeous view. Um, just, you know, the sun coming up over the Wasatch range. Oh, what a, what a great memory, uh, seeing that together. Um, and then it's just a, a really steep descent, um, down into Ant Hill, um, aid station so we just kind of ran down best we could again, super Rocky, but, um, made our way down into the aid station. Uh, we were pretty quick at that aid station, just grabbed a few things. Um, and then we had a, a brief little, um, <laughs> um, climb definitely was a punch in the gut, but we, we, we climbed up this, this steep little, um, bit and got up to the Ridge and, um, took a few pictures because man it's uh, it was just so scenic um and then you know we from there we just were we started running really well um it was just it was a ridge line, and uh you know anytime we had a little uphill, we hiked, but anytime we had a flat or downhill, we ran, and we ran pretty well uh, we were moving well again um, we caught up with thomas um great to see him, he was doing great. Um, and he just moving really well. Uh, and you know, at this point, we started to smell the barn. We started to know we were going to finish. And Thomas said the same thing. He's like, We've got plenty of time. We're going to finish this. Uh, we got into the next aid station. I was able to get down some hash browns, um, which actually went down really well and fueled me really well for the next section. Um, and so, um, I was, I was feeling pretty positive, you know, feeling pretty good because we were, we were running and moving well. Um, so we kept going, um, you know, it, it rolls up and down, you know, some, some climbs some descents, uh, before you hit the, uh, um, the plunge, uh, which, oh my goodness, the plunge was so steep. It's just this downhill. Um, it's a very silty sand. So you just slide. Um, we, we ended up on our butts a few times cause it was just so steep. Um, and you're just kind of sliding down it and it was long. Oh my gosh. It was so long, such a long descent, especially at that point in the race, um, you know, to have something so steep and so long, it was just, you know, really taxing on the legs. Um, and then, um, again, it's just kind of rolled up and down for a bit and then another long descent, um, not as bad as the plunge, but pretty similar to the plunge yeah, that went down to, um, the, uh, let's see, that would have been the, uh, second to no third to last aid station, which is at about mile 90. So, um, here we are 10 miles from the finish and, um, you know, we, we filled up our, our bladders with some water and ice, uh, cause we'd be exposed again. You know, we'd been kind of, uh, in the, in the trees and, and, and protected from the sunlight. It was, it was hot, you know, we're definitely back in the nineties by now. And, um, we, uh, we came out on this road, uh, totally exposed, but, you know, very runnable, very flat. Um, and then all of a sudden they turned us left through this field and it connected us to what looked like an old railroad bed. Um, still pretty exposed, um, a slight grade kind of brought us up above the, uh, the valley floor. Um, but we followed that all the way to the next aid station where I was praying they had some ice pops cause it was, it was really hot at that point. Um, you know, above, it was over 95 degrees at that point and, uh, they, they just had water and ice. So we filled up with water and ice and kept going. Um, it, it kind of brought us up. excuse me, above the, um, you could see the, the lake where we finished and we assumed what would be the finish line, which we were correct in looking down and saying, that's probably where we're going to finish. Um, so you could see it, but it was still, (laughs) it was still a good, um, you know, probably, uh, (laughs) eight miles or so away. Um, and so we came down not knowing what, you know, what to expect and, um, you cross over a road and you head up this little climb and then, from there, the trail was pretty non-existent. It was just kind of flagging that took you through, you know, what best could be described as goat trails. <laughs> it wasn't really a uh, a trail <laughs> um, that I would designate as, yeah, this is very, you know, runnable and very well maintained. That was not the case. <laughs> uh, we descended uh, through this and caught up with another group. And my neighbor, Shannon Collie, was was with that group. She lives not less than a mile from me. I knew she was there. Uh, I'd seen her earlier in the race, uh, but I thought she would probably be done by now. So uh, to my surprise, there she was. <laughs> so we spent a few miles with her um, just walking and talking. We knew we had time, which was you know, such a nice luxury, knowing that we were good and we were going to finish and we could walk it in if we wanted to. Um, so we got to the, the last aid station, about four and a half miles to go, very close to the lake on which we finish. And, uh, you know, we, we just kind of grabbed a few things there, resupplied our water, made sure we were good there, and, uh, and headed over to the lake with, uh, about three miles to go once we reached the lake. You just stay on the lake shore trail, which actually rolls up and down quite a bit, but, um, you know, we were moving along pretty well and, and, you know, we started jogging and, and heading, uh, you know, closer and closer to the finish. Um, you know, it was, it was screaming hot. Um, I think it got up to like 97, uh, so fully exposed. Um, but, uh, but just excited to, uh, to get to the fi- you know finish. I finally allowed myself the emotion to know that I was finishing, um, choked up a few times for sure. Um, and just kind of thought about what I was going to do, you know, when I finished and decided I was going to FaceTime with my wife so she could see it. Uh, whew, it was, uh, it was wonderful. Uh, you know, just coming out, um, coming off the lake, um, popped out on a road. There's a sign that says three quarters of a mile to the finish, so you just head down the road, you can see the the finish line. I called my, my wife, um, got her on the phone so she could uh, she could see the finish line with me. Uh, and uh and just, you know, crossed the line with Caleb and Nathan just giving them big hugs and and telling my wife, thank you so much for, for everything, for being a part of this and for letting me do it. Um, it was such a a welcome and relieving finish, uh, to get across that line, um, and just be done with this. Uh, it was like a, a huge weight just fell off my shoulders. Um, you know, having, having completed it, having completed Wasatch and being done. And, uh, they give you your, um, your, um, your trophy, your grand slam trophy right there. They they do all the, um, the engraving, uh, for you get a plaque that has your name, date, time, finish place, all that. Uh, you get your buckle. Um, I got a, a Grand Slam shirt. And so it, it was just really special, really nice. Um, so we, we stayed for a bit, made sure we grabbed our drop bags, but then we had to head back because we had an early flight the next morning. Um, really wish we could have stayed around. Um, Thomas did finish, but we couldn't find him. Or we didn't see him. Um, we were there, <laughs> but we couldn't find him. Uh, we missed him come across the finish line, but um, you know, so, um, so proud for, for Thomas again, you know, I'll have him on and, and Nathan on, so they can kind of talk about this, uh, from their perspective as well, but just so, so happy, so relieved, um, so grateful. Oh my gosh. To, you know, to get through this summer, um, to get through these hundreds, um, you know, there's, there's no plan for what's next. Um, I'm really just celebrating this and going to enjoy my recovery without thinking about what's next or what am I going to do. It feels pretty good to be in that position, um, to not have to worry about it. Uh, I've checked off so many different bucket list races. Um, I will talk about an opportunity that presented itself in Italy, um, as soon as that becomes a reality. So there is something on the horizon, but it won't be until late next year. So, um, we'll, we'll make sure that happens first before we talk about it. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, other than that, uh, I just want to thank all of you for your constant support, you know, your words of encouragement. Um, and, you know, words of congratulations, uh, the outpouring of support has just been, uh, um, tremendous. I am so overwhelmed by everybody's kindness. It's wonderful to be a part of this community. I thank you for following my journey and for, for listening to the podcast, for listening to my story. Um, I, you know, if, if I can help you in any way, um, whether it be through coaching or questions that you have, um, for your races, you know, please ask, please reach out. Um, yeah, I'd love to be that resource. i um, happy to help if I can. Uh, check out my website, runningislife.run. Uh, all of the links for my contacts are in the show notes. Um, I'm happy to, to kind of go through those things. Um, really looking forward to getting back to the newsletter which if you, uh, would like to subscribe, it's a free newsletter. I usually do it every month, but I kind of took a break through the grand slam. Uh, I'm going to get back to that cause I miss it. I love writing. Um, I love uh, the introspection that it, it provides. So, um, you know, I'm going to get back to, to writing the newsletter. So, um, you know, you can subscribe there. Um, and, uh, man, it's just, uh, <laughs> what a journey. Um, I, I can't believe it's over. Um, I don't have the post race blues or the post ultra blues. Uh, it's just such a wonderful celebration of, of everything that's occurred. So, um, I'm in a good place. I'm feeling better. Um, you know, I'm getting, getting over whatever it was that I had. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, you know, still a bit exhausted, uh, obviously <laughs> from everything. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad it's time to take a break, but, um, but I thank you guys once again for everything for for being a part of this and sharing my journey. So, um, as I said, we'll be having some some more guests coming up here. So, uh, if you guys want to hear anything specific, if you have any questions for myself or for any of the guests that I mentioned, um, please you know reach out. Let me know what questions you have. Um, love to answer those on on the podcast. So, uh, thank you guys, and until next time, keep moving forward.